Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are in week two of our short yet very important sermon series called Healing the Divide. And remember what we're doing in this series, giving all that has gone on in the last couple of months with our election or what's gone on in the last 20 years with our politics is getting into or wrestling with how it is that God is calling us to respond as Christians to this mess that we find ourselves in as Americans. And what we discovered last week as we jumped in head first is that the biggest problem we're facing as a country, at least in my humble opinion, is not going to be found in what the Democrats have to say about the Republicans or in what the Republicans have to say about the Democrats, but instead is going to be found in how we, the people, have forgotten how to love and respect those who see the world differently than we do, which in turn is causing our country to split right down the middle or is causing us to be a house divided. And what Jesus tells us about a house divided is that it cannot stand. And so what I propose to to help us start moving forward is that we actually stop viewing our political enemies as those evil morons whom we must overcome and defeat using any means necessary, because that's kind of where we're at at this point. But instead, should begin to treat those people like we would our spouses. Or like we would family members. By choosing love. Not hate or revenge. As our foundation. Because love is the only thing that is strong enough to keep us together. Long enough. For us to get some things figured out. With the ultimate goal being that that we make this country even better than it is. Right now. Or at least that was my two cents last week. So this week. What I would like to do kind of in that same vein is I would like to share with you another experience where this time Jesus kind of showed up in my life in the form of Scripture and has taken me even further along in my journey of not only loving, but beginning to listen to and respect and even be transformed by my enemies. And this is the verse that that Jesus basically hit me over the head with in regards to how I deal with my political enemies. He says this, Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take the speck out of your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite! First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Now, have you ever tried to get a glimpse of what Jesus is saying here, uh, literally, and how funny that is, right? Imagine you've got a log in your eye, and you're trying to get a speck out of someone else's eye. It just doesn't work. And so what I felt God was kind of teaching me or, or calling me to do with this particular verse is to see that when it comes to my response to those people I disagree with, I shouldn't begin 
by pointing out all of their sins, by finding what's wrong with them and going at them. No, where I should begin is by taking a long, hard look at my own life first before I ever even consider going after them. And to be honest, when I read this verse, again, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was one of those things that, that kind of punches you in the face and, and takes your breath away. Because the truth is, especially when it comes to my political enemies, I have been so busy looking down my nose at those I believed were clearly wrong that it never even dawned on me that I need to be looking at myself. And I don't think I'm the only one who has that problem. So what I did in response to God hitting me over the head with the scripture is that I got to work critically examining my own life. Instead of spending all my time looking at those or, or fighting against those that I disagreed with, I got to look critically looking at my own life. And the way I did that was by asking myself this question we all need to continue to ask ourselves over and over again. Why do I believe what I believe? Why do I believe what I believe? Why do you believe what you believe? And of course, the quick answer to that, or the, the answer that we have without even answering is, the reason why I believe what I believe is because I'm a logical human being who sees the, word clear, the world clearly, which means the reason I believe what I believe is because I'm right. And everyone else who disagrees with me is wrong. And again, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who's got this problem, right? But what I discovered pretty quickly is I began to wrestle with this question in a bit deeper way, is that there's probably a whole lot of reasons for why I believe what I believe. And a lot of those reasons have just a little bit to do with logic. For example, did you know, according to research put out by the Barner Group, that 71% of teenagers agree with their parents when it comes to their political views? That's right, 71%. And what that suggests to me is that maybe just maybe the reason why I believe what I believe is not because I'm logical, because it's what my parents believed and I trust my parents. Another interesting fact that I came across, which is something you see very clearly if you have ever looked at an electoral map, the Democrats rule in urban city areas while the Republicans control the rural areas. And what that suggests to me is that maybe, just maybe, the reason why I believe what I believe is based on my experience living in a particular area surrounded by particular people who believe certain things while others believe something different because of their experience living in a completely different place. The next thing I came across is this thing that everyone else seems to have a problem with, but I do not see in myself called the confirmation bias. And what a confirmation bias is, is our under, underlying tendency as humans to notice, focus on, and give greater credence to evidence that fits our existing beliefs, while at the same time writing off, ignoring, or explaining away evidence that doesn't fit our existing beliefs. Or, a bit more simply put, if we are given evidence that fits with what we already believe, we accept it, no questions asked. While when we're given evidence that contradicts what we believe, we're really good at explaining it away or demonizing those who give us that particular evidence. 
or to really kind of put this into perspective, have you guys ever noticed when you watch a particular news source that clearly aligns itself with a particular political stance, that they are really good given what side they're on, at celebrating, lifting up, and pointing out things that align with what they believe and who they support, while at the same time ignoring, downplaying, and even explaining away those things they don't believe or those people they don't support? Well, if you haven't noticed that, I would encourage you the next time something big and scandalous happens in our country regarding politics to spend some time flipping back and forth between Fox News and NBC because you're clearly going to get two different takes on the world. But before you get too judgmental about the way the media clearly works out of a confirmation bias, you probably need to ask yourself why it is that you trust and prefer watching one network over the other. And then why that other network causes you to be furious every time you watch it. Well, for me, it's because I have a confirmation bias. A couple more things that I learned about the media and why I would hypothesize I think the way I do or a big reason for some of the reasons why I think the way I do. Uh, first of all, regardless of what any kind of media outlet proclaims, one of the biggest factors in shaping the information they share with us day in and day out is not necessarily their devotion to the truth, although that's what everybody's going to say, but it's their devotion to ratings. Because the higher the ratings, the more money people make. And wouldn't you know, those warm and fuzzy stories about all that is going well in our country they do not get higher ratings. No, what we as Americans like is scandal, drama, finger-pointing, and fear. And why I would surmise that our news is the worst things that have happened in a day mixed with a bit of weather and sports. And why I would hypothesize that even though we live, statistically speaking, in the most peaceful and prosperous time in the history of the world, in the greatest country the world has ever seen. We all spend so much time living in fear instead of enjoying these incredible lives that God has blessed every single one of us with. But I think the most interesting fact that I came across when trying to answer the question, why do I believe what I believe? was this thing called the echo chamber. And literally speaking, what an echo chamber is, and you guys have all experienced before, have you ever been in a room or in a place where whatever you say, it comes back to you directly? So whatever you say, it just keeps coming back to you time and time again. That's an echo chamber, literally. Um, an echo chamber, metaphorically speaking, is when people only surround themselves with people and with information sources that confirm what they already believe never encountering anyone or anything that challenges those beliefs. Which leads to people never critically looking at why they believe what they believe. Now, why this has become such a big deal in the era of the internet and social media are, is because of these things called algorithms. And what algorithms are, are these mathematical formulas that search engines and everything else use to help predict our behavior to get us what we want when we want it. Or to kind of put this into perspective, how many of you guys have Googled something and then it shows up in Facebook 10 minutes later? Or how many of you, you talk to your Alexa or whatever and you start seeing things showing up in different places? 
Those are the algorithms at work. And the reason those algorithms are so good is because they want to sell us more and more stuff. Or to really put these algorithms into perspective, one of the New Testament scholars that I had the honor of studying under was also an expert in media and how media shapes the way people think from ancient times to modern times. And what he has done at his home to not only experience but to show people how these algorithms work and how this is creating an echo chamber is that he has set up two different computers, right? How bored do you have to be to, to create two different computers? But it's pretty amazing what he's come up with. One is his conservative computer. And what he does on this particular computer is search all things conservative ideals, thoughts, all that stuff. The other one is a liberal computer. And what he does on this computer is the exact same thing, but he's searching for all things liberal. And then every couple of months, what he does is he goes to each computer and he searches for the exact same thing, exact wording and all, to see what he gets. And wouldn't you know it? When he searches on his computer that's about conservative stuff, what does he get? All things conservative, right? And then what does he get on his liberal computer? All things liberal. Because and this is, I'm not trying to create like a scandal or the media companies are trying to do horrible things to us. No, they're trying to get us what we want, when we want it, so we'll buy stuff. This is kind of a result of that. They give us what we want. Now, the reason why that is such a big thing is because more and more people are getting their news from the internet. That's where you go to get those sources. And so that means we're not seeing the whole gamut. We're not seeing all the different perspectives. We are seeing our own perspective. And the more someone hears something, whether it's true or not, the more you believe it to be true. Or, or what's interesting, if, if you'll go back and look, where, where this, the divide started getting further and further apart, which, by the way, is a divide that is as big now as it was uh, during the Civil War, is like late 90s when the Internet really started to hit. From then on, we start to see this divide that is going on in our country, which some would propose because of these echo chambers that we didn't even know existed. How crazy is that, Right? Okay, so now that I've given you a glimpse into this journey that I have taken in trying to identify why I believe what I believe or, or how I need to deal with these logs in my own eye, now let me share with you just a couple of things about how this has changed me for the better. So first of all, what this journey has shown me is that I'm probably not near as logical as I once thought which hurts. I pride myself on being as logical as anybody you know. I've gone to school for a long time to say I am logical. And it also shows me that I might not just be the end-all, be-all when it comes to things, politics. Which means instead of shutting people down or turning off the channel when trying to make sense of any given political issue, I now do my best to listen to ideas and to people that I used to disagree with with an open mind to see if I might be missing something or to see if I might just be the one who needs to change. 
And what has happened because I've made this adjustment is that I have been changed in some significant ways regarding what I believe. Which for me is a good thing. Which for me is a good thing, not something to be avoided because this is what's supposed to happen when we take the time to examine and remove the logs from our own eyes. This is why Jesus tells us to do it in the first place. But I think the most significant way that this journey has changed me is that it's helped me to better understand that those people whom I used to consider to be my political enemies, yeah, those people, they really aren't evil people who are devoted to destroying our country or stupid people who are destroying our company, country and don't even know it, but are actually good-intentioned people just like me who are doing what they think is best given their experiences and the way they see the world just like me and who ultimately want what's best for this country just like me. Which is a realization that not only helps me to grip my teeth and love my enemies when I really disagree, but a realization that helps me to respect, listen to, and even like those people I disagree with. Which ultimately suggests to me that maybe, just maybe, what we need to be doing as Christians who are devoted to healing this divide, the very people that God is calling to bring this country back together, is instead of continuing to do all that finger-pointing, which we're so good at, we need to stop and take a hard, long look at our own lives. So then we can go out and help others take the speck out of their own. And what I have found in my journey of this inward reflection is that I've got so much stuff in here that I need to deal with. I don't have a whole lot of time for dealing with what's going on in other people's lives. That's just the way I see it. I don't claim to be the one who's got it all figured out. What I share with you today is my experience and where I believe God is calling me and what God is calling me to do. And I lay that before you in the hope that it might help or in the hope that it might help you to think and wrestle with this in your own ways and God will show you what's your best way for. Let us pray. Father, we come to you again wrestling with this topic. This topic that, that makes us all cringe. This topic that gets us all fired up. This topic that causes us to lose sleep. So help us today, O oh Lord, to see how it is that you're calling us to respond. Help us to see that, that with you, love is always the foundation. And then it's probably a pretty good idea that we start with ourselves before we start pointing fingers at others. Because ultimately what we want, O oh Lord, is to be your hands and feet. What we ultimately want, O oh Lord, is to be the people who help to bridge this divide that is tearing our country apart. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. 
please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.